Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, this is Phil Haugen, and I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. I am back at our facility in Weatherford, Oklahoma. I've been back here riding for the last week. Prior to that, I was in Minnesota for about six days. I We had uh, two horsemanship clinics and one roping school, and, and we did them back to back to back. And uh, Oh, wow. We had a great group of students, great group of trainers. I'm going to talk today mostly about um, some of the some of the uh, challenges that we faced in, in the horsemanship clinics, which are and not not specific to these clinics by no means, just some of the things that we face everywhere we go when we're working on developing potential. And, and that is that is what our job is as a trainer is to develop the potential of the animal that we have underneath us. And, uh, you know, if we, I always talk about this, if we, if we get close to it, to developing that potential mentally and physically, we're going to have a good time. I mean, we're, and we're going to be, you know, we're going to have good results, you know, have a better asset, win more money. It's a, it's a triple benefit. But, uh, before I start, with that, I want to send a few shout outs. Um, first of all, to Kerry Arnson, who hosted the clinics up there. Kerry is a, is a trainer up in the northern part of the U.S. in Minnesota. She's super talented, very talented rider, very talented trainer, hard worker. I want to send a, another shout out to uh, Stacy Bailey, my marketing and event director. She takes care of the majority of the scheduling, keeping things on track, keeping up with everything. Um, I've probably gotten worse at it because she is so good at it. So I just kind of lean on her for that, which I appreciate so much because I know when I get somewhere, everything's going to be ready. Everything's going to be taken care of. She just does an excellent job. And so I want to send a shout out to her. Before I get started um, to, you know, just some thoughts that I had after on my drive home, you know, the drive to and from there, I I think when I left to come back, I left there. I was in Nevis, Minnesota at the Straight Rail Ranch. I left there just a little bit before 3 a.m. And I I pull into my driveway at about 830, quarter to nine that night. Um, it's a little bit of a drive. Got to listen to some great audible books, which with technology, the drives have gotten to where I really, especially after doing three clinics, two clinics in a roping school, six days straight, you're ready for a little quiet time. I mean, listening to myself talk for six days straight is not that <laughs> it's not it, it's not uh something that i i don't really want to listen to myself for that <laughs> that many days straight talk all day long 
So a little bit of quiet time listening to somebody else talk was was really pretty sweet. I was uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, you know, I, I it's funny. I, I look I look kind of look forward to the drives because number one, I like seeing different country and. And I like the quiet time and be able to listen to some audible books or some some podcasts that I like. And so, but on my way back, you know, I had a lot of time to reflect on the on the clinics, and you know, it just amazes me the quality of horse flesh everywhere you go. And you know, there is just there was just a. Uh, you know, a load of good horses up there. I mean, in one of the clinics, I tell you that there was a there was a three year old owned by Corey Tweed, and Corey that that might be the nicest one of the nicest three year olds I've seen in a long time. Big beautiful black gelding. And that sucker wanted to work. I mean, nice nice horse. She obviously had done a unbelievable job with that horse is really really a nice horse i had uh barb priner and barb was i think barb is uh you know i don't think she'll care that i say this barb did a great job her and her daughter were there daughter christine and barb did a great job with her horse um went through all the exercises just did a fabulous job and barb's 74 I look at Barb like that's who that's who I want to be. I want to be that person when I'm 74. I'm still enjoying the horse, and you know, it's because of the horse that that she was that she's probably that spry and doing so good. And her her and Christine go to different events and they go ride. And looking at her and her horse, and I thought, you know, wow. Uh, at that point in my life, I hope I have a horse that's, that is as nice as the one she's got. You know, it's just neat to see somebody still with that, you know, with that that kind of energy. Um, she's, in, you know, just great shape mentally and physically. Um, so, Barb, I got to send a shout out to her because she, you know, she just uh, she's kind of my my hero. It, it was really it's it's neat to see that the horse can bring that out in us. You know, I, I, I always, I mean, it's kind of cliche, but really and truly everything I have is because of the horse. I mean, because of the horse, I met my wife because of the horse. I have the children I do, you know, be, and, and that's because Bridget and I had similar interests and, and, horses and that's what you know how we ended up together and you know because of that I have Hannah and Wade and you know their interest in the horse and you know we do a lot together and we're super close and you know my dad he hadn't told me this but he told my oldest sister he said do you know you know what the best thing I ever did was and she said what and he said when I bought that first pony and you know, because of the horse, I mean, I don't, I don't know what I'd be doing if dad hadn't bought that first pony, you know, uh, you know, like I said, I've talked about this before, never underestimate, never underestimate the value of letting someone come ride 
helping someone with their horse, doing something to help somebody else enjoy the industry that we enjoy so much, right? Because I'm just telling you, you know, I, I look at, you know, I look at everything so differently now than I did, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, because every group that I get to work with, you just think about it. Every group that I get to work with is there because they want to be there. They're there because they want to find that one kernel of knowledge, that one kernel of experience that I can share with them that makes their program better. And really and truly, everywhere I go, people are so dadgum advanced that, you know, they're usually just looking for that one piece or two of the puzzle to add to their program to make it even better. And, and you know, hopefully... I, I try really hard to provide that. Hopefully, hopefully everybody comes away with a kernel or two. And uh, it's just really great to see because those are the same people that are trying to do better and get better in every other phase of their life as well. You know, it's just, uh, it's just unbelievable to me that I get to work with people like that every time I go to an event, every time I go to a clinic. It's people that are motivated, have a work ethic, you know, that, that are looking to implement new ideas, new philosophies to make what they've got, which is usually pretty darn good already, even better. And, you know, that's, those are the kind of, that's why I'm addicted to what I do is because I get to be around them people. And gosh, how lucky am I, huh? But at the same time, at those, at those events, at those clinics, you know, and I always limit it to 15. 15 is the max at my clinics because that's a good, very, very manageable size. Still do have lots of one-on-one. Um, and and it's, it's, a group, it's a small enough group size that people don't get lost in the shuffle. And, I, and you know, when I'm, when I'm observing the clinic as it goes on, you know, you see it see others mingling with people maybe that they just met. And, you know, from the participant standpoint, they get to be around the same people I get to be around. You know, progressive, productive, forward thinking, you know, those type of people. And that is what's so, you know, that is what is so great about what's happening in the horsemanship world right now because there, there's so much good information out there and so many good clinicians and, and, you know, a lot of talented people out there, a lot of talented people. Um, you know, so it's, uh, you know, just reflecting back on a real busy six days. I mean, it was pretty busy, but it was so good. It was so good. And I couldn't believe it when we got to, you know, it seemed like the first four days flew by and, you know, we were meeting in the, there's a little conference room there at the, at the ranch we were at and morning of the fifth day, Carrie was in working on something and I was getting some, some stuff ready, um, for the last group. And she said, can you, can you believe we're already in day five? And I was like, well, part of me can, but 
part of me is like, man, that went fast. It's just amazing how, how fast time flies when you're doing something you enjoy and, uh, and you're around people you enjoy. And, and so for those of you listening that were at, have been at any of my clinics or, you know, in particular at the Nevis clinic, I, I just want to thank all of you for, you know, just being who you are, just being who you are and, and trying to get better and looking, striving to develop your horsemanship and striving to develop your horse mentally and physically because you know we talked a lot about this at the clinics really our job is to develop the potential we have underneath us whatever that potential is i mean i don't have control over a horse's genetic potential but at the same time i can help that horse understand the responses I'm asking for, and I can help that horse understand effort. You know, I think effort is learned in people and in horses. I think effort is something that when you ask for a response or when you ask someone to do a task, effort is something that you teach. Um, do some people naturally give more effort than others? Yes. Do some horses naturally give more effort than others? Yes. But at the same time, you know, I think effort is a learned response. The other thing I think is a learned response is toughness. Mental and physical toughness is something that we develop and we learn, you know, it is easy every day to wake up and talk yourself out of doing everything that is that is hard or difficult and making excuses, right? Making excuses. I'm, you know, and, and I'm a little hard this way and I'll and I'll admit that. I mean, I'm I have no tolerance for laziness and and humans or horses and, and here's the reason why you're not doing anybody a favor by letting them make excuses for being lazy and, and you're not doing a horse a favor you know if a horse learns to give effort and, and by you encouraging them to give effort but then when they give the effort your release has to be crystal clear and very, very timely, meaning quick. When they give the effort, let them find that release. And before long, that horse will be hunting that release. It's no different than I had a really neat conversation with a couple guys that worked for me, a couple of my assistants yesterday, and and they've been doing really good at the college rodeos, and, and they're good hands. They, they've really become an asset and but they've worked hard and they've bared down and they've showed up you know and they've put out the effort and they've figured out you know like while I was gone I told them when I come back I'm only going to have two days and then I had a clinic on that Saturday before Easter and I said you know 
if you don't kind of have things cleaned up, because I'm real big on first impressions. I mean, I'm, I don't have a fancy place, but it's going to be cleaned up and everything's going to be in its place. And when, when somebody comes here, you can tell that my place was built on cowboy wages. But at the same time, what I have is clean, well kept, and it's going to be that way. Well, when I, when I pulled in the driveway that night, which was on a Wednesday night, I could have had that clinic the next morning and been fine. And I promise them guys had their hands full. You know, they, I wouldn't call them, you know, they're aspiring trainers. I mean, they're good riders and they were exercising horses while I was gone and just riding out in the pasture and exposing them to different things and, and which is great for those horses because sometimes I don't feel like I have the time to do that. But they had plenty to do around here. And when, when I'm gone, they're down another man. And so they, they, they had done an excellent job. I mean, they understand the effort and the standard that we have here. And they understand that, that, uh, that standard isn't going to change to fit their standard. I mean, they, they, the standard we have here is, is set in stone. And it's so rewarding to see somebody do that, you know, cause we've had that, we've had several conversations about it. And, and, you know, I've, one of the sayings that I learned a long time ago that I've, I remind myself of constantly is winners develop a habit of doing the things losers don't like to do. You know, and we've had this conversation that you're either you're either a winner or you're a loser as far as I'm concerned. I mean, there's no in between. Winners live a certain way, losers live a certain way. Winners take care of things a certain way, losers take care of things a certain way. And, and you know, um, when I say talk about effort and it's not negotiable, I feel real strongly that way with humans or horses. When I lay the calf of my leg against my horse's side, you know, and squeeze that horse understands he better, you know, it's time to get your feet moving like pronto, not, not here in a little bit. I mean, I better they better put some put out some effort, but at the same time, as soon as I feel that effort, they're going to experience that release and that reward. You know, I think that's just something that you can't be too aware of that. Because I know myself, I'd been gone for six days, well, seven days, and no, actually, I'd been gone eight days, and I'd kind of gotten out of my routine. I hadn't been doing my little workout. When I'm on the road, I, boy, I really got to, I do quite a few things the same with my morning ritual, but I hadn't been doing my workout, hadn't been doing a couple other things that I normally do at home here because it's just so easy to do. Well, you know, same thing. You can, you can get away. It's easy to talk yourself out of doing some of those things, you know, so it was really nice when I got home. I was like, man, I got to recommit. And I got to get back in, in my schedule, you know, get back in my routine. And, uh, you know, I'm the one that preaches it and I fall off the wagon once in a while and, and have lapses. 
and and everybody does. We all do. You know, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect in life. Nobody's perfect in their training. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to have some lapses. That's just part of it. It's just like with training a horse. I talk about this all the time. You got to be able to not micromanage and and let your horse make some mistakes. You know, when we let our horses make mistakes and then we correct them and show them this is how I want you to do it. And then when we get that response, we release. It doesn't take very many repetitions before that horse starts to understand where that release is and the response you're asking for. Well, it's the same way with effort, okay? It's the same way with effort in humans. You can let someone make that mistake, correct it, and it's not going to take very long. They're either going to start putting out more effort or you let them go down the road. And, and you know, that's uh, the, it's just not one of those items that for me is negotiable because you're not doing anybody any favors. You're not doing anybody any favors by letting them make mis- excuses for poor effort. You're not doing a horse any favors by letting them just be lazy, lethargic. If every time you ask for a response, it takes four or five seconds for them to find the answer just because they're being lazy and lethargic, how's that going to work out when you're going 25, 30 mile an hour? When I start my clinics and we're doing fundamental level one exercises, I talk about this a lot, you know, it's real easy to do them exercises and think, oh, I've got this at a slow speed. Because usually I'll start out with, say, a simple lateral flexion exercise. And I'll see somebody do it once or twice. And they're like, yep, I can do it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can do it at a walk. You know, you can do it at a standstill. Is that is that signal sharp enough and clear enough? And is your horse giving you a prompt enough response that you can do it at 25 or 30 mile an hour and you're going to get that response? Or is there going to be a five-second delay? Well, if there's a five-second delay, you're in trouble, right? We're in trouble. So when you're asking for that response, are, are you developing are you developing that feel, that timing? using good balance, which in turn creates great muscle memory. Are you doing all those things at those slow speeds to help that horse understand how crisp and clear that signal is, that re- where that release point is? Or are we just kind of dragging them around? We can physically manipulate our horses at slow speeds, but at high speeds you can't. Can you somewhat control them at a high speed? Yeah. Are you going to get them crisp, clear, sharp responses at a high speed? Uh, probably not. Speed's what'll tattle on you. You know that'll tell you where you're at. You know I do a simple square exercise. A lot of times, there's a lot of horses can't lope that square exercise. 
Uh, if you can't lope that square exercise, we're not controlling speed or direction, right? So, you know, understand even, you know, when, when, when you're doing anything, even at a slow pace, make sure the responses you're asking for repetitively. And I mean, I always talk about 500 or 1,000 repetitions. And then when you get done with those, do another 5,000 repetitions and see how much better your horse is. Because correct repetitions, all that does is just build and build and build that foundation. And, and understand that foundation's got to be wide, got to be real wide, because the higher you go, the wider your foundation better be underneath you. Otherwise, there's going to be a crash. If that foundation below you isn't wide and stout and strong, you're going to tip over. You're going to get top-heavy and fall over, and usually it ends in a little bit of a fiery crash. So thinking about, you know, thinking back on those clinics and, you know, it, it, it kind of goes back to what I always talk about, you know, what what it takes to make a great horse. What we need to do and what we need to communicate to our horses to understand the responses we're asking for, what that takes to make a great horse is really easy to do. But at the same time, those things are really easy not to do. Meaning we get away from them, them foundation principles. We get away from them. So just... Uh, Really didn't have a topic today, as you can tell. I just was kind of reflecting and reminiscing and just thinking about thinking about those horsemanship clinics up there. Is, boy, I enjoyed it. So much fun. So much fun. So until next time, have a great week of training. God bless each and every one of you. And as always, today and every day, be your best. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's show. To learn more about the training program that inspired the Be Your Best podcast, head over to philhagenhorsemanship.com and join our online community by following us at philhagenhorsemanship on Facebook or Instagram. This is where we're going to be sharing tons of training tips and information about how you can experience our Training Through Understanding program at one of our upcoming clinics. As you go through the day today, I want to encourage you to figure out one thing you can do to get 1% better whether that is in your horsemanship journey, your career, or your personal life. Own it and be your best. God bless and have a great day of training.